Welcome back to the Turn Row Podcast, everybody. I am your host, Ethan, and with me, as always, is Kevin. Hello, everyone. So uh, we'll start off like we do always and do kind of an update of what's going on in the world. Uh, so in, in South Texas here, we're warm. Got four-leaf corn. Um, I found some volunteer cotton in some fields. So whenever you start seeing that, you get, you know, growers are starting to get itchy. They want to plant some cotton. Good grief. That's yeah. wild. We're supposed to get some rain next week, which I hope we do. I'll, I'll go into our dryness in a minute, but um, if we get some rain, depending on how much, you know, if um, we'll probably see some cotton, dry land cotton go in next week. Now, is this ahead of normal? Um, no, dry land cotton is because we're what? What's today? We're midway through March, so it's a touch early for dry land. But we're so dry. If there's any kind of moisture left, guys are afraid it's going to disappear on them. So for they're sure. going to, you know. I get it. So, yeah. so last Thursday, uh, Governor Abbott, the governor of the wonderful state of Texas, um, he had a. This is not a political post, so or political comment, but he declared a state of emergency due to drought in, I think, 20 or 22 counties in the state of Texas. Mm -hmm. And three of the eight counties that we service down here are in it. So how we long are. It, how long has it been since you had measurable rain? Um, I bet since September we have had less than two inches. Wow, that's abnormal for you guys. Usually winters is is a more of a a moist time frame. Usually May, early June we'll get some, um, and then of course cotton defoliation. I think clouds can smell defoliant and just know it's time <laughs> to rain buckets upon this unprotected crop. You know, um, but you know it's that's well whenever we're dry we tell people to go buy a cotton defoliant and wash their truck and drive around with a bag of corn seed in the bed and hopefully it'll start raining but um yeah it's and it didn't rain during defoliation so which was really really strange well but i mean that fits with the central well i guess kansas you know or the western part of kansas we we didn't get any rain and we were actually i, I would gamble to say a lot of places were pretty dry especially uh west of Western Kansas into the mountains, probably, except yeah. for up high. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Hopefully the outlook changes. We definitely don't need dry here anyway. No. Not anymore. But, yeah, and where we're at, our aquifer can recharge. And luckily, 18 was exceptionally wet. Mm -hmm. So the aquifer is still at levels where we're not getting restrictions. Um. Because the Edwards will recharge overnight. If the right recharge zones hit, you can get a six-foot jump in the aquifer at night, you know, in 24 hours. So, um, I mean, it's a porous limestone aquifer. Aren't so you glad your water's just a foot deep? Hey, it's not a foot deep. <laughs> it's I mean, not yeah. 600 feet, though. <laughs> yeah, it is. A lot of our wells are um, about 600. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean. I, ret I retract my statement. But, you know, um they drill through rock to this limestone to get to it. So it's expensive to drill. It's kind uh, of interesting that if it is that hard above the water that it can filtrate like that. 
You know well, what I mean? There's certain zones of like real like rocky outcroppings and sinkholes and mm-hmm. um and they I mean they have some of it there's man-made recharge zones in the cities that capture water and port. I mean you can look into the aquifer. Hmm. Place I've never seen it, but apparently there's a couple in San Antonio they've built. Um there is one close to a farm that I take care of and it looks like a pond when we're wet, but um Apparently, if you go when it's dry, you can look into the aquifer. It's a cave system. That's all it is, I guess, is a limestone underground cave. Hmm. So, I don't know. I may be completely wrong about this. I am not a geologist. (laughs) You know, it's not a corn plant. It's not a cotton plant. I do love this. Okay. (laughs) Just bear with me. Noted. Noted. Ethan is not, he's not an expert in this, (laughs) in geology. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I had a customer who was needed some help with some mechanic work, and he said, "Can you help me with this?" I said, "Does it have roots? Does it have chlorophyll?" I'm probably not your best option. Well, I take I, that. I take that back. You should be a slight geologist, right? We deal with soil, and it's kind of rocks. Yeah, once you get to the point, <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. it's hit or miss. It's like me helping you train the transmission. I can get you through it, but <laughs> we're gonna need some YouTube videos and hands. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's a struggle. <laughs> but uh, we have corn going up. Um, wheat has flag leaves out, putting out our flag leaf fungicide shot. Wow. Um, cotton, any day now. Um, vegetables are starting to gear up. A lot of the uh, sweet corn for the Memorial Day market is mm-hmm. uh, is up, roaring, ready to go. Green beans are, they started planting green beans this week, fresh market green beans. So, um, yeah, I mean, just trucking along, it'll be, it'll be pretty busy. Um, I mean, it's, it's getting there. We're, we're not slow by any means, but we're not at full capacity yet. So the wells, that, that's what's scary though. If we don't get some subsoil, um, uh, we've been pumping really hard. I mean, trying to get some subsoil built on wheat. So we can well, you pull guys off are in a little bit. full full swing with reproductive stages and and wheat and then yeah you know you're determining year size and your corn already in some varieties I'm sure yeah we're I think we've had so I have some two leaf corn that we've put three inches of water on because there's no subsoil wow and we're we're it's just falling and we're I mean we're in a good spot now, but it took three inches to, mm-hmm. we're almost mm-hmm. pre-watering post planting. It was kind of yeah. the best idea, but, um, you know, we, the problem is we keep getting rain chances and we'll get a dusting, you know, it, it's, it rains so light that the, the rain kicks the dust up, you know? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like it's right. They, they tell you you're going to get an inch. Well, okay, well I'm going to hold tight, not pre-water. And, you know, keep pivot tracks out so I can plant. And then, well, that happened four times and we never got enough rain. So next thing you know, we're watering corn up and trying to build some subsoil. So, Welcome to Western Kansas. It's, um, at least we have big wells. Yeah. In, yeah. Now, you know, we may right. not have two months. Right. Uh, so anyway, um, that's about all I have, um, I guess the only addition to that is we're, you know, we've been dry enough to where we didn't have much of a weed pressure, much weed pressure 
going into planting. And I have a couple guys that cultivate. And as soon as they cultivate, it's just like you pour gas on a fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got moisture. We've got some air in the soil. And oh, my goodness. It is just a weedy mess. So, Well, it happens. Yeah, especially nutsedge, man. We have nutsedge out the wazoo on these in our sand territory. It's it's a mess, but gotcha. Oh, do you have much nutsedge in, in your neck of the woods? Um, we do in places. I don't uh, wish that on anybody. We, we we do, but I wouldn't say that it's a primary weed problem. You know, it, it's in areas we may have some here and there, but not not widespread. Yeah. yeah, all of our peanut territory seems to have it pretty prevalently. In my opinion, nutsedge is the mosquito of the animal kingdom. He's like, why is it here? You know, like well, it's tough to kill. Very tough to kill. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's tough to kill. And then with us, uh, the wild hogs love the nutlets at the bottom of the plants. Mm-hmm. So. They'll come into a field, uh, you know. Once the corn germinates and gets up, they're not going to eat the corn. But if you have nutsedge bad enough, they'll come eat the nutlets at the bottom of the nutsedge. Well, then they destroy the corn cuts in their way. You know, it's, they sounds stomp like, on it and till it up, and so sounds like you let your nutsedge grow too much. Well, you know, we we try. We we you know we do permit Yukon, um, yeah, a lot in corn. Um, there's some, uh, there's not many products is the problem. There's not, you know, there's not a whole lot of nutsedge, um, products available. Um, no, there's, uh, there's truly not. And, and a lot of them only do so much, you know, we, there's a, there's a product cadre or cadre in peanuts and in Bassagran. And I mean, in the last eight years, it's just progressively slipped, you know, but and that's ours. That may work perfectly fine in somewhere else, but right. You know, when you don't have many tools, I'm sure resistance builds up quicker. So, so anyway, what about you, Kevin? What's new in your neck of the woods? Well, so, um, things are a lot slower paced here. The last 10 days or so. No, no. The last week has been pretty hard and heavy with fertilizing. A lot of people still, it's been warm enough and, um, we haven't had any many freezing nighttime temperatures, so finishing up strip till blown on dry. Um, where our wheat rooted in really good, um, it's growing. But where our wheat isn't so well, where it had trouble emerging because of dry soil before, uh, we're pretty small yet, very small. So, um, so yeah, we're, we're wheat's just barely coming out of dormancy here. People are finishing up fertilizing they're putting down some pre's that's about it we're doing a lot of pre-water checking making sure our profile is in shape pre-watering's going on um kind of the calm before the storm here so yeah it's a very eerie time yeah it's you you feel like you need to be doing more than you probably should if yeah. that makes sense because he, yeah. even even the guys that are doing field work it, it is it is wet it's wet underneath dry on top wet underneath and um yeah in some cases probably shouldn't be doing anything so yeah it was such a tight planning window that y'all have 
Sometimes you don't have a choice. True. Yeah. We, we just got to do what we got to do. That's, well, we, 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 you know, everything froze and got so cold early. It kind of shut some stuff down. So. Yeah. That's, that's the, the th- a thing I, I forget that I get to enjoy a lot here and I should be grateful for is if we have a, a crop failure, we can replant. We have mm-hmm. a huge planting window. You know, where the, the questions we have is do we want to have insurance or not? <laughs> you know, because insurance sure. insurance has cutoff dates. And you're going to, in fact, you know, if you plant corn too late, um, we will sacrifice yield because you're so hot in pollination. So um, you just have, you'll have poor pollination if you plant too late. Um, so, but those are real questions at certain times. I mean, I've had folks that they don't insure just we call it a wildcat crop, you know, kind of like the old the old wildcatter term from the oil and gas industry. They call it wildcat crops, and they just don't put insurance on it and hope for the best. So I mean, it's a it's a risk if you're willing to do it. Yeah, I mean, and if you're, it's kind of those deals. If you're, you know, a week past the the insurance cutoff, then you'll probably do it. For you sure, know, maybe yeah. a field or two, right? Uh, but you won't do the whole farm that way. So, um, so I know last time we talked about some of our winter meetings and new stuff, um, we went through, has, has there been any developments with any of that stuff, Kevin? Um, oh, actually I would say out here we've been hammered. Yeah. Meaning, um, one to two a week of somebody coming yeah. in, um, giving us quick update meetings, uh, seed update meetings, you know, like, some seed is in short supply and, um, you know, update on, on, uh, chemical program, uh, deals, you know, kind of the nuts and bolts of different chemical programs and, and other guys wanting to meet up, uh, individually, but it's, it's tough because we get just as busy as the farmers do when it's warm outside, they want things and it's tough to sit still. Oh yeah. Especially when it's so, it's been super pleasant. You know, yeah. I mean, it's been 60, 70 degrees here. Um, so it's been been about as good a weather as you can anticipate for this time of year. Yeah. So, yes, we, we've been we've been hitting or we've been hit pretty hard with uh, update meetings and stuff. But um, I, w- I don't envision seeing very many more because we're pretty late for that that kind of stuff. You know, decision. Yeah. A lot of decisions have been made. Um, but yeah. But, um, so one thing we may have touched with this in the past is the benefits of having an independent consultant. And we kind of want to talk a little bit about that. Some of the things you gain by having the independent, uh, versus any, any other option you have, you know, um, that, and I, I asked Kevin that question about the winter meetings that we go through, um, to kind of set this topic up. Because one of the, one thing I've heard more this year than I ever have are programs. What, what chemicals are going to get me the best program? You know, whether that's a Bayer or Syngenta or FMC, everybody is thinking of programs, which is natural. I mean, commodity prices are thin. So um, I've spent more time this year wading through uh, programs to try to wrap my brain around them and, uh, you know, D- determine which one. Nuts. Yeah, it's there. Are, 
Yeah. There's so many more. They're so in depth that some involve seed and chemical now. Some are only chemical like they've always been. I mean, but some of that's a function of the budget, you know, the farm budget's pretty tight. And so if, if we can gain a little here and there, then, then that's huge. Oh yeah. And you know, as part of being an, an independent advisor, um, you know, we're not, we don't have a quota to meet with any product, you know? So, um, that's been, it's been enjoyable, you know, I guess to, um, to kind of do some investigative work and find different routes and paths to not sacrifice agronomy, but, uh, still find some dollars and, and, you know, you can sacrifice agronomy, you know, it's, if you, if, if you as a grower decide, well, this is 50% cheaper and 80% is good, then maybe that's the decision I'm okay with living with. Maybe it's not the best one, but you you know, know, um, I think that's already going on because, well, I'm going to call it sideways chemical. You know, it's, it's stuff that's, let's say the Amazon approach. It's, it's brokered, I guess the correct term. Um, there, there are people willingly buying that or willingly, selling that in order to get the price such that is attractive for people to buy from them, if that makes sense. So willingly they're taking a price cut um, to, to get a, well, I said that wrong. They're, they're buying a cheap product and selling it cheap because um, they they don't want to be in the, they don't want to, they don't want to commit to maybe a large um, volume of chemical. Or, yeah. or, but, but I mean, the trade-off is uh, when the chemical companies or the parent companies find out that it's brokered, then you don't get backing. So, no, you don't get, you're losing some of that, but people are willing to take that risk to, you know, for the budget, I guess is the main reason. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, it's your farm and your choice and we're here to help you independently determine what it is. We'll give you an opinion and I don't care. It's no different than than running generics really. No, Um, no. It's just more name brand, but you don't, sometimes you don't know where it came from. Yeah. Yeah. It can be a little, there's, there's more risk involved for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, but, and, and that shows, you know, that is a little more of value on independences. Um, with the programs you may you may have bought you know fungicide one two three for the last five years well you know fungicide z is cheaper you know um and and having someone independent allows you to step out of your comfort zone and and determine what some of those uh if those products are viable or um maybe we've used them somewhere else so well, and you can't you can't necessarily knock the other guys. Like I'm gonna step on the other side of the fence and play the advocate. But you know, when they have to commit for so many thousands of gallons, you know, before the season, you know, their hands are tied as well. So. Oh yeah, they they want you to yeah. commit because they have to. For sure, yeah they they yeah. have to they have to pony up a, a substantial amount of investment just to to you know to lock in a certain price as anyway. So. Yeah. And there, and the pressure from them to do that is because you know the the chemical companies have to make it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so yeah. I mean, yeah. they need to know how much is going to be made. So for sure, for sure. Know. 
not to kick the can, but it's, there's a reason for it for mm-hmm. sure. You know? Um, but I, I guess I bring all this up cause it's been interesting. The con- the conversations I've had this year have been different with in the, the wintertime conversations, the pro- the planning conversations have been different and you can really tell with certain growers that you've always just been a field scout with. Now you're not just that, you know, they're, they're really taking a benefit uh, to the independence and getting your opinion on now, do they do what um, your opinion is, you know, yes and no, but it's, it's been interesting with how the, the economy has kind of exposed some of the benefits of having an independent consultant on the farm. So I don't know. It was an interesting thought I would share. So, but well, there you go, Kevin. You're right yeah. there. Yeah. So, sorry. <laughs> I thought, I thought you had a, a, a bit there. So no, I was, I was thinking, I was trying to add to it and I couldn't come up with anything. So, but moving, I guess we can move on from that. Um, so as we're going into the season, um, or most of your your precision services are obviously switching over a little bit, Kevin. I guess your the EM and and Varus work is a little bit slowed down. Uh, I would say so. We're in a transition period. It's it's probably getting into my busiest season, um, where I say people like somehow know when I'm pinned up in a meeting because I'll get fifty phone calls. Not really fifty, but you know, you'll get twenty five. I'm not even lying. Yesterday I was talking with my producer and or one of my guys and having a conversation. And usually I don't do this. Usually cell phones down compute, you know, but we were talking about stuff and I had my computer handy cause I needed some stuff and my phone rang at least 15 times and I'm not lying. And there was a couple of nine one ones. I was like, good night. You know, is it ever going to quit? But so we, we were winding up our verse or EC stuff. And then we're moving into more of uh, making sure all of our shape files work, you know, yeah. um, you know, j- just dealing with different hiccups. Uh, hey, this isn't right. Or this isn't right. The monitor's not doing this right. Or, uh, you know, like I said, we were when, well, we're, we're anticipating some moisture uh, this weekend and next week. And so there was a big run on, on dry fertilizer. So it's making sure that everybody's, exporting the right thing, importing the right thing. And then our busiest time for precision ag is actually planting, making sure all the prescriptions, right. Make sure the, the planners recognizing that. And um, so that's kind of where we're at on the, on the PA side of things. Yeah. So most of the, the grid sampling has been wrapped up. Yeah. You know, most of the, we, we've, mm, there was a, we had a large potato grower that we wrapped up, I think a week ago, but, um, yeah, I, I the, anything that comes in now is just a nine one one hurry up, get it done. Yeah. So just cause it either fell through the cracks or just thought about it. Maybe, Hey, this is a great option. Let's, let's go and, and do that. So, yeah. um, so w- with that, um, as y'all enter planning season, or most of the decisions have, I guess, been made. They know what they're doing. Fertilizer or fertility wrecks are made by now. 
most of them have been. Yeah. 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 The, the frustrating part about, I was just thinking about this as you were commenting is that, you know, <laughs> we write this file, the shape file, right? For a monitor. We go put it in the monitor and then all of a sudden things don't work. And eventually, and, and, and right there on the spot, it's like, we just introduce a virus to the system. <laughs> like, well, no, <laughs> this, this isn't going to work because it's your file that did it. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. That, that, it's, it's actually pretty frustrating because we have to be a, a jack of all trades in, in yeah. a sense, like know the monitor in and out well enough because sometimes uh, we can save them a three hour support call just because we've seen the situation before. Yeah. You know, like uh, we, we had one, uh, I think the last day or two where uh, they didn't have a calibration number in, in the monitor. Right. So it was putting out twice as much dry fertilizer as it should have been. Oh, Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> you know, just because, uh, you know, the, uh, it wasn't that the calibration number was wrong in the monitor. You know what I mean? And, it was this like a dry, a dry blend. Yeah, yeah. You know, with your, your shape file, it's telling it to do the wrong thing. Like, mm, <laughs> no, don't think so. But, uh, so anyway, it's, it's, some of that stuff is fun and some of it's not because, I mean, some of it, it's not like I see that. Well, it's no different than, than any, you know, you, you see things once a year and then all of a sudden you have to like relearn it as you go oh, through. Oh, man, we check so many crops. I, I've started building files of labels and stuff. And as I like, you know, now I've got corn down and I just start reading things the next couple of weeks to get back in my cotton mode. Cause it's like you do a brain dump and you have to kind of get it. Once you get in it, you're okay. I, I know what I'm doing now, you know, but it's right. Well, I mean, it's, it's like a little freak out. It's like, Oh, I'm overwhelmed. And then, okay, cool. <laughs> I, I settled in. I understand like it's yeah. coming back. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's it. Um, and, and you don't, you don't want that to happen. Yeah. And it's not like you forget everything. You just have to go read your notes from last year and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gotta get yeah. brushed up. Yeah, but it's uh, it's it's a little ter terrifying when you look at a weed. Like, you know, like it's like two o'clock in the afternoon. And you find a weed that you've identified, you know, your entire adult life. Like, I don't know what it is. I have no idea. Or it's that kill it. I don't know. Or it's that question. Yeah. Were there any? <laughs> were there any more of these throughout the whole day that I missed because I found it right now? You know, yeah. like yeah. the doubt. Yeah. Oh yeah, and then you start checking fields with a flashlight at midnight because you can't it's, sleep. It's kind of funny how you you do train your eye in this in this profession. You know, you, you like you get to where you see things and you see things, um, and then you all of a sudden at the end of the day you find something like uh oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and then yeah. the next field and the next field like oh darn, yeah. <laughs> or then long, sometimes it just happens like that, you know. Yeah. You, May not have happened, and then, or or you uh, you find it, and you think you missed it all day. Then you look at your notepad, and you've seen it for twenty fields. Like, hmm, <laughs> there, it's been there. It's on the report. I guess I'm good. You know, but we probably shouldn't talk about that. Probably, we, we probably shouldn't. Oh well, hey, we're real. We are real people, Kevin. We are yes. just. We're just trying to to make a living. For, you know, earn a little, a few crumbs, a few crumbs, but. Well, I am about done with my spiel. Um, is there any anything else y'all would like to talk about as we are entering no, I think, season? I think that that, that kind of wraps up 
kind of puts a nice bow tie on on this episode. Cool. Well, Colt, can you tell the people where they can find us? Yeah, you can find us on Twitter at CropQuest Inc. Um, we are also on Facebook. Um, search CropQuest. Um, you can reach out to us at media at CropQuest.com as well if you have any questions uh, you would like us to address or topics that you would like us to introduce. Cool. Well, once again, as always, uh, I am Ethan with Kevin and Colt. Thank you for your time and we will see y'all the next episode. Thanks for listening. Our business is knowing the business of growing. We take pride in your success, being better than the rest. Crock West.